a bit of advice for you. No one should ever stay in Vegas for more than three nights. It's a city that consumes you, it tires you, and drains your soul and your wallet. That is what Summer League basketball appears to be. It's stretched, it's consumed, it's tireless, it's soulless at times. Guys are grinding for relevancy, but they're also forcing the issue at times, which leads to low-scoring, ugly basketball. And that's what we witnessed on Monday afternoon between the Phoenix Suns and the Miami Heat. 44 turnovers, 20 missed free throws. But in the end, the Suns outscored and outlasted the Heat, winning their first game of the Summer League by a final score of 73-72. to Welcome to the Suns Jam Session Podcast. I'm your host, John Voida. I am the uh, the head bright sider guy dude thing. I write things at Brightside, And I'm joined by one of the best Suns fans around. If it has to do with the Phoenix Suns, you know he's going to make a video about it. Ladies and gentlemen, the geek of Suns, the Suns geek. What's going on, brother? Not much, man. Thank you so much again for collaborating with us on both channels. You know, we're live simultaneously mm-hmm. and uh, it's always a great time and uh yes uh nba summer league basketball a little sloppy a little crazy at times it seems like a whole bunch of drunk guys are playing out there but (laughs) you know what these guys are working their tails off it's still basketball in the middle of july you know what i mean so i'm excited to be here man going live once again it seems like you and i and, and even matthew sometimes have been doing a whole bunch of live shows recently so lots of new content on both of our channels and everyone should go hulk smash that like button and check it out Yes, please Hulk smash the like button. If you're listening to the podcast, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or give us a thumbs up wherever you're consuming the content. But you're right. I mean, it's it's July basketball. And what you love about watching this time of year is the competitiveness and the grind that these guys bring in. These are guys who the majority of them aren't ever going to see an NBA roster. So this is their one chance. And today was one of those days where you felt why these guys weren't going to make an NBA roster. Yeah. You know, I see that Jason L in the chat says 12 missed free throws. Yeah. By the Suns alone, you know, that they had 12 misses. The heat had eight misses. The heat had 28 turnovers. The Suns had 16 and it just, it was one of those games where it was just kind of slogging around. I mean, Tamani Kamara, who we're going to talk about here momentarily, Ooh, yeah. uh, you know, nine points right off the bat, he ended with 11. So, I mean, it was just, it was a very weird, interesting game to watch. But we're going to cover that and plenty more on this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. So uh, as Suns Geek said so eloquently, make sure you subscribe, make sure you rate, make sure you review, make sure you put on those notifications if you're on the YouTube side, because ultimately you never know when we're going to go live. It's going to be in the middle of the afternoon on a Monday because the Suns just played a game. Yeah, we're here. We're here for it. This is also a reminder that if you're a Suns fan in Arizona and if you haven't signed up for DraftKings yet, please do using our promo code Suns Jam. All you have to do is create an account, deposit, and then wager five or more dollars on any sport. Whether your first wager wins or loses, you'll still receive the $150 in bonus bets. The best part is using that code SUNSJAM not only gets you the bonus, but also supports this here podcast. So if you're considering signing up for DraftKings, definitely use our code SUNSJAM to maximize your first bets. This offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and over and physically present in Arizona. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Check out the episode description for full terms of the offer. All right, it's a little earlier here in Arizona than it is for you out there, Geek. Uh, what are you drinking? Well, I got my water over here because, you know, I had a beer, I had a beer I like the other it. night, and I actually ended up having a couple beers the other night, but I've been uh, pretty much jacked up on coffee all day, so I'm Rocking good. the coffee. <laughs> yeah. I got the Diet Dr. Pepper, you know, just... You know, some people like regular Dr. Pepper, and I, <laughs> I can respect those people, but I actually think Diet Dr. Pepper tastes better, and that's why I like Sonic. Sonic has Diet Dr. Pepper. You can go yes, through the drive-thru and actually have it. There's few places that have it. Chick-fil-A has it. Sonic has it. Jack in a Box don't. <laughs> so crack them if you got them, Suns fans. Sponsor us, Sonic. Yeah, come on, Sonic. <laughs> I'm looking for a sponsorship. I want an extra long cheese coney for dinner. <laughs> Cheers. Let's Seriously. talk about a Suns win. Winner, 
winner, chicken dinner. The Phoenix Suns win 73-70 to over the Miami Heat in a game, as I mentioned before, and I'll probably mention about three more times on this podcast, was hard to consume. And as somebody who was covering the game for brightsideofthesun.com, was hard to cover because, I mean, ultimately, you look at, uh, as I mentioned, the turnovers and the um, the, the missed free throws and the, the sheer fact that the final quarter, the Phoenix Suns scored 15 points and outscored the Miami Heat 15-8 to to win by three. Are there anything or is there anything, Suns Geek, that you're actually going to take away from this game and you're like, okay, that was positive, that was negative, or who cares? Can I answer all the above? Who yes. cares? <laughs> I'll, I'll go over my negatives. I'll go over my positives, kind of like I mentioned at the start of the show. Let's start with a little positivity, positivity here. These guys are working their tail off, and they actually talked about it a lot on the broadcast. Like, yes, you kind of want to stand out offensively, no matter what team you're on, if you're playing in summer league. You want to stand out offensively, but what the scouts and coaches and even the players are really looking for is playmaking, defense, and just kind of being all around in the game. And that that's what I that's what I feel like if I were a scout, that's what I would look for. Because this is the NBA, dude. How many 20 plus, 25 plus point scores do we have in the NBA the last few years? Yeah. Everybody can score in this league. And that's great to do in summer league, but you want to do it. You know, uh, you want to be you don't you want to do it on the defensive end as well. But the negative, man, I mean, and you kind of touched on it, and I just want to make sure I'm getting these numbers right. The Heat had 28 turnovers in this game. The Suns had 17 steals, but they had 16 turnovers. And mm-hmm. it seemed like it was like what 10 in the first quarter for the Heat, and then all of a sudden, butterfingers for the Suns just started turning the ball over. It was ugly, it was messy, a bunch of missed shots, fouls, and that's summer league. This isn't anything new. But again, it's a really hard game. It's like you mentioned. At the end of the day, who cares? It's like you put in the description of the uh, of this live show and podcast. It's like, are we really going to remember this game? Probably not. No one will remember this game, and that's you know you're you're 100 right. That's summer league. And when you we talk about it from a game flow standpoint, it was really interesting because as you mentioned, the he came out, they turned the ball over nine times, and they did it quick. Yeah, And the Suns were up quick. And Tumani Kamara came out and he looked absolutely fantastic. You know, for the, for the second consecutive game, at least to start, he came out and he looked great. Tumani Kamara. Nine points in the first quarter. He was three of five from the field. He had two rebounds. And once again, he looked like a player who belongs and is somebody who is playing above the level of the competition around him on both sides of the floor. I mean, we were noticing multiple ways that he was being effective in this game, and it carried over a lot from the last game. He he attacked the paint. You know, he cuts to that open space very elegantly, uh, in my opinion. He's somebody who uh, knows how to attack opposing defenses. He makes himself available when he does get into the paint. He switches very well on defensive on the defensive side of the ball. He's a natural lefty, but he was finishing well with both hands. Yeah. And I think that, again, these are signs of things that, we're we're actively watching for him and we're very tuned into his game because of all the players who are playing today, he's the one who's going to make the big league roster, if you will. And due to his size at you know six foot eight, two twenty, he's somebody who definitely has an NBA body and he has the NBA and basketball IQ, it appears. Uh, and then he just kind of went dormant. And it wasn't from a lack of shooting. You know, it wasn't from or I'm sorry, it was from a lack of shooting. It wasn't really from a lack of engagement. Because he ended up going four of eight in the entire game. So he had five shots in the first quarter, had three the rest of the game. And what do you attribute that to? Do you think that the Miami defense just kind of said, hey, we're not going to let him do it? Or he was trying to get the rest of his team ultimately involved, ending with three assists? You know me, John. I can't just pick one answer. I'm just going to say both. (laughs) And I'm going to say both because we kind of saw this in the first summer league game. The Suns as a team had an excellent first half. And then they were completely outplayed in the in the second half by the Bucks. Sort of the same thing this way. The Miami Heat really struggled, especially in that first quarter. It seemed like everything was going the Suns' way. And then they started, you know, playing with more energy, playing better defense. And even though there was like a million turnovers, they, you know, it was just it was, it was Suns. It was, it was summer league basketball, if you will. Um, but again, I I am really excited for this kid, man. Uh, and, and look, there's going to be growing pains. He's going to be in training camp. He might struggle a little bit, even in the preseason, which I kind of hope, wishful thinking here, he gets a lot of minutes during the preseason. And I want to see him go through these growing pains because he is on an elite roster and we need this guy to grow. Not every rookie year is going to be perfect. 
Look at Victor Wembanyama, for example, at <laughs> that terrible game one, and then bounce back with like what a 27-10 game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know Impressive. it is what it is, but there was a lot of takeaways, as I kind of mentioned when we were backstage, especially in the first half, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I was watching him a lot closer this game than I did uh, the first time around. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited for uh, Tamari Kamara, and I and I hope I didn't butcher his name. I want to apologize to the commenter who said that I butchered his name. I've been doing that since we drafted the guy. I think it's what are you Pumane what are you saying? Mane Kamara. I think I was using like an R in there. <laughs> like I don't know, I don't know how to pronounce his name. And I even said it, it, I'm, it's not going to be the last time I'm going to butcher his name. Let's be real. <laughs> Tar Tarmani Kamara. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I liked what I saw again. I was excited. I was, you know, uh, probably frustrated like anybody else who's watching the game. And, you know, he just, he slowed down. And I think that was by design. And I think that was one because Miami was attempting to stop him and was throwing guys at him because in summer league, you get 10 fouls. I mean, ask Trey Jamison. He learned real quick. He had six fouls in like the first half. And and it's like, yep, that's still not fouling out. Uh, so you're almost incentivized to foul in these games. So they're allowed to play a little bit more physical, and that's what they were doing with Kamara. He was on the ground a lot uh, because they were throwing extra defenders at him. And to his credit, astutely, when they were throwing extra defenders at him, he was passing out of those situations and putting his team in a position to be successful. And they were. I mean, it was almost kind of funny watching this team execute the mid range because it's what the big league club does. Right. Yeah. I mean, you had Gabe uh, Brown. He was hitting shots from the, yeah. the mid range. You had Marcus Carr. He was hitting shots mm-hmm. from the mid range. So, you know, the, the Miami heat were doing a lot of drop coverage in this game and it opened up those 17 to 20 footers and the Suns were taking advantage of those and knocking them down. And that's ultimately what won the game for him because you look at how they operated from beyond the line. They were three of 19. That's 15.5%. If you look at their free throw percentage, they were 12 of 25. That's eight, uh, 48%. I mean, they they were horrible from yeah. beyond the arc and the the, uh, the free throw line. So yeah. anything that wasn't from beyond the arc, they ended up shooting 26 of 40 from, which yeah. is over, you know, that that's a really high clip. So that's what ultimately won it was them taking advantage of the mid-range, just like our beloved big league team of the Phoenix Suns. Also, too, it's it's one of those things that I feel like we kind of struggled with that in the first Sun Summer League game as well. I feel like we couldn't hit a three to save our life. And then you sort of touched on this. I'm not trying to pick on Kamara here, but and I think I kind of talked about it last live show was he kind of seems like he needs to get like an NBA shape. He did yes. look tired out there, and that's fine. Like you're in Las Vegas, it's Summer League, you're probably nervous. And there were times where he showed a little bit of, hustle like i think he had one like little chase down block earlier in the game and everything but sort of like in game one he he had turnovers he had fouls and there was just times where he just looked sluggish and tired out there and that's where i mentioned earlier i was like i feel like in the second half when the miami heat you know started playing better especially defensively it kind of took the suns out of rhythm again like well our highest score had what 14 points you know uh, 13 i think yeah 13 and it's like what Kamara had nine or whatever in the first half and then finished oh, yeah, with 14. 11 or something like that. So it's, it's summer league basketball, man. It's not pretty. Uh, I will say this though, cause I, I was taking some notes on uh, Kamara. Remember that fast break that he had when he had that huge slam dunk, but he passed it first. Yes. That was a great that play. With, with any of our big three, you know, cause who knows if he's going to play with our big three, but even if it's like a Bradley Beal out there running that fast break, if he can do that, man, Oh my, it's going to be so fun to watch him with this roster. I'm so excited. Yeah, I am too. And if he gets an opportunity to play with some of those elite athletes around him, we're going to see his true athleticism because that's why he was drafted, yeah. right? He's somebody who has athleticism. He has, uh, a, again, a, a high basketball IQ. He has maturity about him. And that's yes, why sir. James That's why James Jones you know, drafts those kinds of players. He likes the guys who are more mature players. And he typically drafts a guy who is an elite at one thing. But he hasn't done that the past couple drafts. And I think that Kamara gives you multiple aspects of his game. And we're seeing that on display. And you're 100% right about his, you know, quote unquote game shape. And that's everybody at some oh, yeah. there, There's a reason why in that, that final, uh, in that final quarter, you know, everybody started to slow down. Everybody started to slow down. The uh, both teams just, you know, were having a hard time putting the ball in the hoop. And ultimately, the Suns, they, they outlasted 
the Heat, yeah. in my opinion. They didn't go out and win this game. They simply outlast them because they had a really good first half, yeah. uh, again, from the mid-range. So, you know, uh, uh, one guy I do want to talk about a little bit, he ended with a total of 10 points, uh, only three rebounds, a couple steals, no blocks, was Trey Jamison. And, and I wrote a piece for Bright Side of the Sun. It, it was posted yesterday about Trey. You know, he's a guy who's 22, 23 years old, coming out of the University of Alabama at Birmingham, played two seasons with the, Cle- the Clemson Tigers, uh, transferred back to UAB because he's from Alabama. He's from Hoover, Alabama. And he's just a big beast of a dude. He's six yeah. foot 10, he's 260. Uh, and he was down there banging bodies with Orlando Robinson, who Orlando Robinson, who scored 36 points and had 11 rebounds in his first summer league game against the Boston Celtics, is somebody who's on the big league roster, if you yep. will, mm-hmm. with the Miami Heat and is going to get playing time because Bam Adebayo, uh, I think they got did, did Thomas Bryant end up in Miami? Yeah, that sounds accurate. He, I know he's not with the Nuggets anymore. So I don't even know who plays for what team anymore, to be honest. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's tough. It's uh, But I, he's going to be the third-string center there, and he's somebody who, uh, in his second year, uh, just signed uh, an extension, and the Miami Heat are really high on. And I think yeah. Jamison did a pretty decent job, at least in that first half, of holding his own against Robinson. Granted, he had the six personal fouls, but so did uh, uh, Orlando Robinson. He was making Jamison work for everything as well, and and – playing physical on both ends. But when you look at this team, you know, Trey Jamison's a player who we're not going to see on the big league club. But as I delved into a little bit about who he is as a player and where he came from, one of the quotes that he had in an interview uh, earlier this season, he did it with the, uh, pulling it up, the No Ceilings NBA Draft Podcast. And one of his, one of his, uh, quotes was i come from a team where i wasn't the star i'm the best role player in college basketball because i'm going to set every screen i'm going to try to get every rebound i'm going to and i'm going to talk on defense same thing for the nba i'm going to be a great rebounder an even better screener a shot blocker and just continue to be elite at those things to be the best role player possible he's not going to make our squad we're too talented these days but he's a guy to keep an eye on in the summer league and enjoy watching him because he's going to find his way onto an nba roster somewhere Absolutely. No, and that's a hundred percent. I know that we're in an era of basketball where it's pretty much like positionless, if you will, and all that, you know, you got Jokic and Embiid playmaking and doing everything out there, but sometimes you need a guy like a Trey Jameson just because of his physicality, the height, the rebounding, the strength. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, him boxing out uh, that Robinson guy from the heat that sometimes mm-hmm. that's what it's all about, man. Sometimes that's how you make your money. And again, it, I think it's it's like un, very unlikely he would make the Suns roster, but he was one of the guys who I was a little bit impressed with in game one. And, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit, he took maybe a little bit of a step back in this game, but still had a few flashy moments out there, showed what he can do. And, you know, I don't mean to sound disrespectful right here, but worst case scenario, maybe some uh, overseas club pays them big money to go play for them. You know what I mean? Like these guys can play. That's why they're in summer league. And again, man, sometimes that physicality, especially in today's game, gets so overlooked. You sometimes need, need those big guys, man. Another guy who I really enjoy watching, and I don't think he gets enough landing space with this team, I almost want to say, is Jordan Usher. He's six foot seven, uh, 25 years old. You know, he ended today coming off of the bench. He played 20 minutes. He was four of nine from the field, had nine points and three steals, but he had that that one steal that led to a fast break dunk. Yep, and he's he's somebody he's he's highly athletic. Uh, he's he played at SC for a couple of years before going to Georgia Tech, and he's been playing overseas in in uh, the Turkish Basketball League. And you know he's third on their team with fourteen point four points this past offseason. But he's another guy who you know he's a, a grinder. He's a dog, and and he's yeah. so athletic, and he's a lefty too. It's like we we got all these left handed guys <laughs> on our summer league team for some reason, uh, and it, maybe that's why they 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 play well is because everyone's expecting them to go right and they go left. You know, but I like what I saw from him today as well, because when the Suns were starting to struggle, we mentioned in that second quarter, yeah. they started to kind of give the game back. And Jordan Usher came in seven quick points, ex- yep. you know, exclamation point with that dunk. And that's what kind of, you know, helped the, the Suns maintain their lead. I mean, they only gave up the lead one time for two seconds. It's like the only time the, the Suns went down, had a quick possession uh, was to get that lead back. But I like what I saw from Jordan Usher as well. Yeah, real quick, before I talk about Jordan Usher, it's crazy that there was only, what, two lead changes in this game? Because if the Suns wouldn't have turned the ball over, this probably would have been a blowout. But that's just a quick side note. But yeah, Jordan Usher, man, is it fair to say Summer League spark plug? Because you mentioned like those seven straight points. 
I think prior to that little fast break, he had hit a three. Then he pretty much grabbed the rebound, ran the fast break with that handle, and then got that and one. And then later, he had that little throwdown dunk and everything. Just came in there, played hard, was scrapping away, hitting shots. And that's what you want to see out of Summer League, man. Just guys hustling, trying, trying to do everything, man. He looked good out there. Yeah, and that's, again, you know, as you just mentioned, that that's what we're going to get from Summer League is we're going to get those guys playing that kind of way. Uh, and then we'll forget about them for a year. Uh, yeah. And then they'll come back. And, you know, like, uh, who, who did we play? We played the Bucks in the first game. Remember Paris Bass? Yeah. Like he was on the summer league team last year. I was just like, oh, hey, look, it's Paris Bass. He was, on the, he was a, a summer son. He is. Man, I don't know why he's not in the league, man. He's super talented. He, again, just one of those really uh, athletic, you know, hard-nosed, gets gets into the the oppositions. You know, he, he's one of those like, you know, shoulder into, into your chest mm-hmm. kind of guys. It's just they're tough to guard in the NBA. They're tough yeah. to guard. What are your thoughts thus far on the job that uh, – Quentin, what's Quentin's Quentin last Crawford? Name? Quentin Crawford. Yeah. Quentin Crawford. He's an assistant coach with the the Phoenix Suns. He's actually somebody who came up as a videographer. So for those of you who are watching the podcast, us content creators out here who like to analyze video and things of that nature, that's where he came up. He played, you know, what like a few games at the University of Arizona in college. Ends up becoming a videographer with uh, uh what the Orlando magic, that's where he met Frank Vogel. Mm -hmm. And then eventually Vogel brought him on to the Lakers squad uh, as a assistant coach. And now he's, and now he's coaching the summer sun. So tell me a little bit about your thoughts on Crawford and the job he's done thus far this, this summer league. You know, like to be honest, it's, you know, we only know so much about him and that's a pretty good like career resume right there. I think he might've been with the Mavericks recently as well, but what really, what's really been standing out with me about him is just some of the things he said, and this was before summer league and I I got it on my phone right here. So I want to make sure I'm reading this right. And and again, a a big topic of this podcast has been about what, what NBA summer league is all about. This is what he had to say. And this is what I like to hear about our our coach. And by the way, he is on our son's coaching staff. So it's not like he's just doing summer league and then he's gone. No, he's with us all season. But he said, this isn't a trip to Vegas to have fun. This is a job interview. Everybody here Mm. is interviewing for a job. I'm going to try to put them in the best position to go get a job. And then later he said, I've always been a guy that can relate to players. I've never been an NBA player, but I've been, but I've been those young guys that wanted to get to this level, so I know how much they want it. I'm going to do my best to help them get to where they want to be. That's a great coach to have on your staff, man. And that's why I've been kind of hyping up just the Suns coaching staff in general. I think on paper, this has to be one of the best that we've ever had. And that's saying something because you go back to the Cotton Fit Simmons, Paul West, Paul days, and so you know Mike D'Antoni, Alvin Gentry, and all them. It's We've had some great coaches, but that that was really inspiring stuff right there. And just even some of the stuff he he was saying about our rookie Kamara, like last game, and he just seems like a great coach, man. I I wanted to go on that little rant of a segment there because he seems like a great coach. No, and 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 I think it's and I appreciate that you did that because he's not going to get a lot of pub. The assistant coaches typically don't throughout the majority of the season. Every decision that's made, you know, whether it's uh, the head coach ultimately making the decision or if it's at the advice of his coaching staff, uh, it's, you know, Frank Vogel's who we're going to be talking about all season. We're not going to be like, dude, Crawford probably made that decision. You know, look at Kevin Young. You know, how how often when we were talking about adjustments in the postseason, did we talk about Kevin Young? Barely. Never, yeah, never. Never, if barely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never. Because it's just, it, it didn't net technically exist because Monty's ultimately the one who makes the end decision. But I love the coaching staff uh, that we've put around Frank Vogel with Fizdale, right? Uh, with Kevin Young, you know, with Crawford, with all these different guys. I think that this team is not only really deep now following free agency, we're deep from a superstar standpoint. We're deep from a bench standpoint. We're deep from a coaching standpoint. Uh, and it's something that, we're just we're all waiting for the ride to start, aren't we? Absolutely, man. No, I'm I'm so excited. It's like, why can't the season just start tomorrow? So I know. Excited. August is gonna suck. I hate <laughs> August. There's like nothing to do with basketball. <laughs> e- even here in like a week. Like in like one week, basketball's kind of done. Exactly. <laughs> I will say this though. Thank you, Damian Lillard, and thank you, James Harden, because eventually something's gonna happen, but that's only gonna last a couple of days, and then we'll be back to the slow dog days. 
and you and I and Matthew will be doing a show about the Suns jersey history, which I'm really excited for. Oh, I'm going to talk about jerseys here momentarily, <laughs> yep, <I> too. <laughs> yeah, you know that's coming. Yep. You know that's coming. Speaking of James Harden, I don't know if you saw any of this stuff that's out there, but mm-hmm. uh, Flex from Jersey, our good buddy who's been on, I think he's been on your show. Both, yeah, too, both right? channels. Mm-hmm. He's been, been on both of our channels. Uh, Suns Insider really gives us a lot of good information. He today tweeted out uh, his... What's the right word for this? His approval. There you go. Of of somebody on Twitter uh, who's at D coldest with three T's. And essentially what what Flex said, he says, I've said it before and I'll say it again. D at D coldest is legit and has legit sources. It's not my style or place to speak about how other people do their work in this business. But I've done my checks on this young man and he's got my respect. Let him work uh, more love, less hate. And the reason that he brought that up is this D coldest on Twitter has, has mentioned a, a couple names with the Phoenix Suns. He's mentioned Paul George. And then recently, four hours ago, he says James Harden, as of now, has a better hand, chance of happening. The PG-13 talks are a bit tricky compared to Harden talks. Obviously, either uh, of these trades would have a multi-team trade for all sides to be satisfied. What would you feel <laughs> if the Phoenix Suns brought James Harden to Phoenix? What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. I mean, who are we going to bring on next after James Harden? We're going to go get Giannis. We're going to go get Jokic. I mean, let's just keep adding to this elite super team. You know what I mean? But in reality, I'll just say this. I don't think anything's going to happen right away. I, I think it's extremely not. unlikely. But I will say this. And again, Flex is our guy. He's been on both of our channels. Flex is legit. If he's confirming that this D coldest guy is legit, I will take his word for it. Mm-hmm. But anything can happen, man. I mean, have you ever seen the movie Draft Day? It's like Kevin Costner was in the movie. He's like, we're having a completely different conversation than we were 30 seconds ago. Yep. Things change quick in the NBA. You and I could have sources and our connections, but that doesn't mean we're in charge. It doesn't mean we're making the final decision. But I will say, if this happens, I'm kind of torn, to be honest, because I really like Paul George, but like James Harden on this squad as well. I don't even know what the roster would look like. We Our bench would probably be depleted. We would probably have legit this time zero draft picks and no money left. But that would be pretty damn unstoppable. I mean, but again, there's a part of me that might want a Paul George as well. I think he'd be a better fit. He's got the history of Frank Vogel and everything. Um, That's just my personal opinion. But again, this is just all hypothetical rumors. It could be nothing, but maybe in the future, maybe in August or something, could be something. So one trade that was proposed, uh, and it's actually uh, an interesting one because I proposed something somewhat earlier before the the free agency kicked off and it had to do with Chris Paul uh with Harden going to the Bulls the Bulls sending us like Caruso and uh DeMar DeRozan and then Chris Paul and you know and and campaign awesome. and, and assets went out to Philly and so somebody proposes that the Suns get James Harden and Alex Caruso the 76ers get Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan and the Bulls get Tobias Harris DeAndre Ayton and Cameron Payne Here's how I look at it. Okay, I'm gonna start with this. Where, where are you on like the James Harden scale of of likability? Do you like him? Do you not like him? Do you respect him? Do you not respect him? Where Where are you with James Harden? Eh, on the ladder, on the fence. You know, it's just it so might sound I, like a cliche take, but he is a little problematic at times. Oh, so you you are so much nicer than I am, Sunspeak, <laughs> and I respect you for that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stand James Harden. I absolutely Fair. can't stand him as a player. Uh, he is a black hole. He is the guy who, you know, as it, we were talking about, I was on the He's on Fire podcast mm-hmm. last night, and we were talking about, you know, the Suns and who's going to be the initiator of offense. And if you bring in a James Harden, that's what his role will be. He will be an initiator of offense. Right. But the moment he passes the ball away from himself, he stands there and does literally nothing. He is a zero on defense. He's a zero on offense unless he's initiating or he's driving to the hoop. And even now, he can't do that like he used to. You look at last year and what he did with Philly, and he's somebody who has clearly, as a player, dropped off uh, physically uh, with his ability to draw fouls. And I think part of that is the NBA and its rules are changing. But if you look at last season, if you look at simply his free throw attempts, he had his lowest in his career since 
2011 and 12. He had 6.2 free throw attempts. The previous year it was like nine. You know, so he's somebody who the NBA is going away from players like him. They're going to start going technical fouls for flops. And guess what he likes to do? He likes to headbang as he's going down the lane. You look at him cross-eyed, he throws his head back like he was fouled. I just, I'm very, very anti-James Harden. I think what the Phoenix Suns have right now and where we're at with our roster is right where I want to be. I like this sweet spot. I'm not giving up DA. I want DA in this system. DA is our fourth offensive option and somebody who can focus on defense with Frank Vogel and his staff coming in is something that I'm excited to see. And yes, Matthew's always right when he says it on this podcast. He's like, here DA goes again, just getting us excited again, you son of a bitch. But it's right. I'm excited for it. And I'd rather have DA uh, locked down under a decent contract, you know, 33 million. I'd call that decent considering what's going to happen in the NBA over these next few years. But I'd rather have that versus an aging Harden. I'm sorry, but that's that's where I'm I'm at. With no, this. you're a hundred percent right. He's aging, and you know some of that's had to deal with a little bit of injuries. And I will say this: in all fairness to Harden, he is one of the greatest scorers basketball has ever seen. He ha- he is. But again, you know, basketball is kind of going away from that. You know, again with the injuries, he turns the ball over a lot, and again, a little bit problematic. I mean, what this is another trade a little request bit to problematic. I'm being it's, nice about the, it. The, the, the guy, like when he doesn't want to play for his team, just sits around and gets fat and asks for a trade. This, like you just said, this is his third trade yep. request in mm-hmm. four seasons. He signed a long-term extension with Philly, and or he opted into his into his year. He didn't sign the long-term extension. He opted into his player option and immediately said, trade me. Yep. And it's just like the guy just he picks and chooses when and where he wants to play and for who he wants to play and i just i don't like that i want i want selfless ball i want devin booker type players not james harden type players don't yeah. mad don't don't do it don't do which it. is maybe why you might want a paul george i mean paul george has his flaws don't get me wrong again going back to turnovers he turns the ball over a lot too but good size plays defense can score one of the best two-way players in the game again all hypothetical here this could just be a complete you know, rumor and all that. This could be nothing in a few months, but I don't know. I like Paul George, man. That's all I'm going to say. Well, and so my question there is, would you rather have Paul George or would you rather have DeAndre Ayton? Because that's what's going to take. You know, there might be a third team involved. Yeah. But again, the same question applies. Do you want DeAndre Ayton or do you want Paul George? You know, push off P. Uh, I, I think <laughs> in that, you know, in that scenario, pandemic I think P. <laughs> pandemic P, push off P, whatever you want to call him. Who, who would you rather have in that scenario? I would say, and you know me, I'm not a betting man, but I would say right now DeAndre Ayton, but just because of this roster. If we were yes. like running it back and we still had Monty Williams, I'd be like, trade Ayton right now. Give me Paul George. Give me anybody. But like because of this roster, and again, going back to our great coaching staff, give me DA, man. I'll, I, and you and I have talked about this. I've talked about it on my channel I want to see what DA can do, man. And and I made a little bit of I made a video about this, and I, I really mean it. This is DeAndre Ayton's last chance, man. If he can't do it with this roster, sorry, man, you're gone. Well, and there and there's certain things when you talk about DA. I mean, everybody it dogs. I mean, you know, yeah, he sucks at defense. Yeah. Yep. You, you, so I'm big on bballindex.com. They got a lot yep. of great advanced great. statistics. You know, you you look at his ability, you know, his offensive rebounding per 75 possessions. He's an 83 percentile. He's an A minus. He's an A plus in offensive rebounds per game. He's a, he's an A minus in contested offensive rebounds. His putbacks per 75 possessions, he's an A minus. If you go on the defensive side of the ball, his defensive rebounding crashing skill, he's in the 95th percentile. He's an A. His defensive rebounding per game, 97 97th percentile. He's an A plus. When we go to a little bit of his defense, yeah, on the, on the perimeter, yeah, he's a challenge because he's a big, but if you look at his interior defense, his rim deterrence is grades out as a B. His percent of rim per, uh, percent rim shots contested A minus. His rim point save per seventy five possessions an A. His screener rim defense is an A plus ninety nine percentile. He does a lot of these advanced metrics that guess what? People aren't giving him the respect because they didn't see him do it in the playoffs, and he yeah. didn't do it what we feel is somewhat consistent during the regular season. No, absolutely, man. It's and even that that's where I as a, you know, Suns content creator, whatever you want to call me, that's where I need to get better at acknowledging that. I need to watch the game a little closer, sort of like how I've been watching, you know, our rookie Tamari Kamara. Uh hopefully I said his name right that time. Too nailed it. Kamara. Um but yeah, just he does the little things out there, man. And again, it, this goes back to sort of the question you asked me, would I want a Paul George or would I want a DeAndre Ayton? Heck, would I want a DeAndre Ayton in some other big man center in this league? It's like you kind of want a DeAndre Ayton because of those 
those numbers and those stats that you don't really see and stuff that us fans, including myself, overlook at times. Sometimes sort of like uh, how we were talking about Trey Jamison earlier, man, like just his presence being out there, that big body is huge out there, especially against like a smaller lineup. Like let's use OKC, for example. They don't, at least from what I remember, they don't have a true big man out there. Mm-hmm. So you, you would think Aiton would feast out there, but... Well, and that's the challenge, and that's where we always end up with DeAndre Ayton is when he goes against matchups in which he should feast, he doesn't. And his his hands aren't like Tamani Kamara. One thing you got to give Tamani Kamara some props on, you throw him the ball, he catches it. And like DA fumbles sometimes, and you can see him on offense thinking. But defensively, I think he's pretty damn sound, and a lot of people don't give him enough credit on how he plays defensively. And that's the point I'm trying to make here is he does a great job defensively, and a lot of times – the Suns, due to their lack of ability to play defense or their small size when it comes to power forward in the past, uh, have put him on an island where he has to make a decision. And sometimes the offense takes advantage of the fact that he's on that island where you have, you know, they, they burn by the the uh, Devin Booker, or Chris Paul on the perimeter. And then you have D.A. who has to try to defend them while defending, you know, Stephen Adams or Jonas Valanciunas. And he has to make a decision. And so if he if he lags back and make sure that they don't dish it to uh, Jonas Valanciunas, it's a layup. Or if he goes for you know to put his uh, two hands up and tries to block the path of the of the driver and they dish it to Valanciunas, now he did it. He's wrong again. So it's okay to be a realist with Da, and I think that you know again offensively his motor is something that we are always wanting more from. But I think defensively, you know, people really need to watch what he does as a defensive player because he does a an above average job. I've said it before. I've said it again. He's the top eight center in the league. And you, I, he, that means he's a top third center in this league. Take that, especially as your fourth overall uh, option on the team. Yeah, absolutely, man. And this this might be going like on the other side of the road with this DA talk, but and, and I can say this about pretty much everybody else on our roster now. But because of Bradley Beal and all the guys that we added, I'm excited to see what DA and and others can Me do, too. man. Because again, he won't be really put on that island necessarily. We'll have more space and everything. And again, if we're going up against a smaller roster, you can just feast down there. And then I, I even said this when we got KD. If KD and Booker are having an off night, DeAndre can just, can just clean up their mess. And again, I'm putting a lot of pressure on Drew Eubanks right here, but I hope that Drew Eubanks can kind of teach, you know, Aiden to throw an elbow every once in a while, be a bully in the post, maybe do that little, little baby sky hook that he's pretty good at. And, Get I'm mad, get mad. Get, yeah, well, get mad. And, and that's exactly. why I'm a big fan of Kata Bates-Diop potentially being our fourth starter because he can play the power forward position, which, again, helps DA on the defensive side. When's the last time DA had a true power forward next to him? Kata Bates-Diop, in my opinion, is the closest that's going to be due to his, line, his length, strength, and and versatility as a defender he's somebody who is going to get down there and get dirty with da uh, but still has the length and ability and athleticism to guard the perimeter as well so you know again i'd rather have i i get you know bringing paul george it's a great name but now we've got too many fucking hands in the pot there's too many cooks too many cooks in the kitchen like you have to have guys around them that are going to allow them to be successful i think da is the perfect guy with frank vogel you know, and people say in the chat all the time, uh, uh, Watchman WD, there's no coach for Lazy Aiton. Maybe there Might is. Frank Vogel. Yeah, we've only seen him under Monty, who, yep. who has, who has, it's leaked that he didn't like him. He didn't yep. like the A. He didn't like Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder sat out last season, not because the team didn't like him, because his coach made comments about him being uncoachable and how he wouldn't fall in line with his system. And that's on record, by the that's way. That's on this, record. It's not like you and I making up stuff here. You can go look it up. It's, it's yes. sad. You know, we all love Monty and everything, but it's sad that that happened. But it's Monty true. had some great Monty in him, but he yep. quit on certain players. And D.A. was one of those players that he quit on. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, again, I, I've used this at work. Who who here has quiet quit at work? Who here has gone into work and you have your, your boss doesn't motivate you or doesn't believe in you? And, and you hear it through the grapevine that they're talking shit about you behind your back. Now you're still going to show up to work because you need some money. But you're not going to go in there and try to get that stellar effort time and time again. You're going to give the minimum amount of effort to get by to get that paycheck. That's what DA has been dealing with for the past four seasons under Monty Williams. So, again, don't knock it till you try it. Now, I'll sit here and I'll hold myself accountable, as I've done multiple times on this podcast, (laughs) when players prove me wrong. Yep. And if DA goes out there and is still not engaged, not not if he's not putting in the effort offensively he's arguing or with frank vogel yes. and all the booker and katie and beal he's gone 
agree. Again, I, I completely agree. I completely yeah. agree. And real quick, too, and I know you know this, it, it should be a compliment to DeAndre Ayton that on Frank Vogel's press conference, pretty much his first day, Frank Vogel brought him up within the first, like, 10 minutes of the press conference. Big time. That's amazing. I, I was like, I even said, because I was live during that press conference, I was like, DeAndre Ayton, I hope you listen to that press conference. And then even now, he's been saying all this great stuff about him. I'm like, DA, I hope you're listening. I hope you're wherever you are right now, working your ass off, because you're going to have high, high expectations this year, man. Absolutely. And I, I love this one. Uh, sound boy killer. Aiden is playing video games <laughs> instead of working on his defense. What the fuck has Devin Booker been doing for years? Playing Call oh, of Duty. Playing Call of Duty. I'm letting out, I'm blowing off steam playing Call of Duty after a bad playoff loss or whatever. Yeah. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so again, I, and I understand that. Booker has more equity and has, has done more things, but you know it, what's good for one isn't always good for all. Last thing I want to talk about before we get out of here, Suns Geek, is uniforms. We talked about this a little bit on the last podcast, but since then a little bit more has leaked. Yes, sir. Uh, we, we talked about how the Suns left their first Easter egg out there by having the slanted uh, font on the Suns jersey. As you can see, for those of yep. you who are listening, we just pulled up a picture of uh, – tell me who that is. Oh, 17. Hold on. I got the roster pulled up right here. 17 <laughs> is Savian Flag. He had a couple good Thank moments you. out there today, by the way. There you go. Savian Flag wearing the jersey. It's got the suns and it's at this little bit of a slant. It's got kind of that uh that sunburst slant, if you will. And obviously, once that happens, we get that Easter egg. We know that the Suns are gonna have new association and icon jerseys for the new season. And then people start throwing out the the pictures, and there's something yeah. that We've seen the potential leak. We talked about this on the last podcast yep. where the Suns font is located inside the Sunburst, and they have almost the Cleveland Cavalier uh, font on the 22. Uh, but now we've seen a, a few more things, and shout out, shout out to Suns Uni Tracker for always keeping us up to date. He's very in tune with the uniforms that are occurring in the NBA. He checks trademarks to yep. see you know if the Suns have applied for a new trademark license on a certain thing. So we put this out yesterday that this potentially could be what the Suns will be working with. And it it's different from what we just previously showed in a couple of ways. One, it keeps the same number font that we are used to that the Suns debuted in 2014. Two, it takes the Suns word mark outside of the Sunburst and puts it on top. So when you see these, one out of 10, do you like them? Do you not like them? And if you're listening, uh, just make sure that you use your blinker if you're driving. I'm going to give this a 7.5. Is that a fair score? I mean, everyone's going to have their opinion. And I, and I always say this with every single jersey, even if it's just a fantasy jersey, I say we have to actually see them on the court. We have to see them on TV. But I, I will say this. I like this a lot better than the first graphic you showed. You know what I mean? Agreed. Uh, and I And I will stick to what I said before. I kind of wish the Suns font was just a little bit bigger. That's a personal preference with me. But I like the number font. It looks a lot better. And I kind of wish there was a little more orange on that purple one. But again, that might just be the design or whatever. But I like it, man. I'm going to go 7.5. So so I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to say like a 2.5. So if you add us together, it's a 10. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we got that going for us. Good which to is nice. disagree on a show. You know what I well, mean? Well, <laughs> my, my issue with these, for those of you listening, essentially, if you look at the, the white version of it, it has the... It looks like the starburst, but it's, or I'm sorry, the sunburst, sunburst but it, yeah. it's a little bit more modern. Yep. Um, it has a purple outline of, around what would be the sunburst. The basketball itself, you can see the orange lines that would normally be the black lines on a basketball. Yep. It's mm-hmm. in orange, and then it's a very subdued basketball. In fact, if you squint your eyes, you can't even see this the basketball. Yeah. And that's made apparent by the purple version where the basketball is darn near not present. Right. So if these were to be our new jerseys, I would be highly disappointed. I don't think that these that's are really, fair. you know, and that's just, a, again, personal preference. I do yeah. like the fact that the Suns are making an attempt to throw back to the sunburst. I don't, I know that they did something very similar when they went to the New Jersey's in 2014 by having kind of that streak behind where the font was and where the basketball is and yeah. where the number lived, uh, you know, but you look at some of the, the listeners. And again, thank you to everybody who's watching along live. Make sure you Hulk smash that like button. Uh, make sure you let everybody know where the best Suns content is on the interwebs. It's right here with the Suns Jam Session and the Suns Geek channel. Uh, but you have Adrian says, them jerseys are fire. Wanda Fool says, both look nice. Uh, 
backcourt highlights. Did the Suns uni uni tracker post newer picks today? Yes, and I'll get to those momentarily. Yep. Um, Andy says would like if the basketball was orangey, and that's yep. what I agree with. It was mm -hmm. orangey, it looked mm -hmm. different. Uh, hundred percent from Adrian. More, yeah, orange. more orange, a four yeah. from Big Merc, 83, a seven yeah. from Andy Cruz. Yep. So this is number one. And then he came out with version number two today. And you'll Ooh. notice here, Beautiful. These, these have the same modern chic look that the previous ones did. But it's they look a lot more like the sunburst jerseys that we're used to. Tell the, me you like these ones better. These are like a fucking, <laughs> th these are like a 9.87 in <laughs> my book. Cool. I love these. <laughs> I think that the, because it's a modern take on the sunburst, it's almost yep. the exact sunburst, except we've changed the font. There's a shadow that's underneath the sun's font, just like the old sunburst did. Uh, everything's filled in. The colors are filled in. The basketball's filled in. The The sun that's, you know, logo is is orange, and it's streaking orange on across both jerseys. Uh, I like the white outline on the purple jersey around the sunburst uh, that didn't exist in the previous iterations back in 92, 93. These are fucking fire, in my opinion. If they, if this is what happens, please, like, take my money. Yep. I will get, I will get them. I will get them. For real? No, I, I'm gonna piggyback off everything you said, man. These are absolutely beautiful. And another thing too, I was thinking about while you were doing an excellent job of breaking these jerseys down is, I, I feel tried. like this wouldn't be such a big deal if our jersey history wasn't so great. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that's why these are so important and everybody loves the sunburst. So this is sort of the newer generation, if you will, of these sunburst jerseys, especially the ones we're looking at right now. I am take my money, just take it all. <laughs> and the other thing is the purple is lighter on these. If I'm going to pull yeah. up the old, the old, the, the first ones that uni tracker put out there, you can see the purple is a lot darker. Mm -hmm. It's that modern purple. Mm -hmm. It's the same purple that they use on their current jerseys. And they have since 14, these go with a little bit lighter shade of purple. Yeah, so much better. <laughs> They're fantastic. And, and, you know, backcourt highlights, low key, eight points, uh, two, six, seven. <laughs> I agree with that. Uh, Adrian says, those are fire. <laughs> Andy, those are perfect. More like the suns for sure. 6.5 from big Merck. So we're moving up. All right. Yeah. 10 from Piper 23. Um, Let's be real. There's going to be a couple people out there that won't like these ones. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's uh, that's understandable. And you know, ultimately, as Suns fans, we're going to like whatever they are, or we're going to accept whatever they are uh, because we love this team. I'm still a fan, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again: of the old Wild West uh, word mark. I wish we would just stick with that. It's simple. It's elegant. It's elite. It's it's one of a kind. It's all you need. But if they're going to go with those new jerseys, I like the second set that we just showed. That much more mirror the 9293s. Now when will they be unveiled? Well, the guess is probably late July per U Suns Uni Tracker. There's a season ticket holder event at the end of the uh, the month and that's typically when they do these kind of things. They get all the season ticket holders there. They have a kind of a state of the Suns opportunity to get in front of the fans and talk to them about what's going on and that's when they will uh, debut something like this. So we might not have much to talk about here in a week, but maybe in like three weeks, all of a sudden it's like, boom, Jersey time. And only like you, me and Suns Uni Tracker give a shit. I was going to say too, in years past and every Suns, you know, social media team's different and everything, but in years past, they've, they've usually teased it. Oh yeah. And said, Hey, here's when this is going to drop. So especially for content creators like you and I will actually know when they're dropping. So that hopefully they do that this year. They'll say, Hey, we got new jerseys coming out. Here's the tease. And then, bam, we'll talk about it or we'll we'll have it released on this day. I so. can't wait, though. I mean, yep. I I always get the same thing. The Cardinals just did the same thing. Yeah. You know, I'm a Cardinals fan, and uh, they just released their new uniform sets. I'm not a huge fan, but, like, they kept it simple, <laughs> which is what you're supposed to yeah. do. You know, you don't need to get all crazy and have just random shit. But they have, like, Arizona really yeah. big across the home jerseys. It's like they should have done that on the road. It's like my one major complaint. But excited for those. Excited for those. Geek, what else do you want to talk about before we get out of here? I got to go make some dinner. I'm making some ribs oh. tonight. What do you what do you have for dinner? Well, earlier I had some leftover pork chops and cheesy Ooh. rice shouts. My mom, my dad, Ooh. great cooks and everything. Tonight they made some kind of like lasagna I'm excited to try. But real quick, before we get out of here, I, I tweeted about this. Or should I say I threaded about this? Because threading is now the new <laughs> threading is the new thing now over Twitter. Uh, but Eric Gordon did a couple interviews today. And one of them was with NBA TV. And I'll just give you guys the short version Please of what do. he said. He talked about like his his time in NBA Summer League 15 years ago when there was like no fans there and everything. Jeez. But he said that the young guys shouldn't take this for granted. 
looking at you, Tamari, Tamani Kamara. See, I butchered his name already. <laughs> um, but he talked about playing with Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and pretty much said it should be fun. Uh, he mentioned them locking down on defense. And then he talked about Frank Vogel, who we kind of talked about earlier. He called him a good guy and a good coach. He said that Frank's defense will, quote, mix it up a lot. And then he mentioned that he wants to play all 82 games and win a championship. Let's go, baby. Let, let's start the season tomorrow. Eric Gordon, I, like, I still can't believe we got Eric Gordon. I For mean, real. I thought we, we were, were doing pretty good. Out, then, we, <laughs> then we got him, and I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, that, oh, I just want the cake. Joking. That's, that's why I was joking. And I'm like, let's go get James Harden or whoever, Paul George. <laughs> let's go get Giannis and all these. Like, we're building a legit super team, man. <laughs> yeah, at this point, I mean, that's what it feels like. I mean, yeah. the way that this roster is constructed with the depth, uh, and I think that the versatility is going to be one of our, our strong suits. So excited for this season. Um, yeah. You know, obviously the Suns summer league ain't done yet, baby. It ain't done yet. They're playing tomorrow against the New oh, Orleans God. Pelicans. Another uh, summer league game. <laughs> oh man. I'm still contemplating whether or not I'm going to do a post game show. I know. On that. I was like, I don't like, I love doing the Suns content. You guys know that, but it does take a toll. And you know that John. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how much can I talk about jerseys again? For real? You know? But maybe if maybe if Matthew's up to it, he yeah. he he can pop in here. He can he can let me know what he thinks of those two jerseys. And we'll just talk about jerseys for another hour. I don't know exactly. Yeah, uh, but only get, so much we can do as content creators. Yeah, guys. man, I'm <laughs> recycling the same old shit over and over again. But I truly appreciate everyone who's hung out with us. Uh, whether you're watching along live on the Suns Jam session, or you're hanging out over on Suns Geek channel, do us a favor, pop over to each other's channels and click like, subscribe, Please rate, do. review, all that fun stuff. Make sure you follow me at Darth Void on Twitter and read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. I'm the managing editor over there. I've been cranking out a lot of great content on that site between myself and our writers. I think we do a fantastic job. Uh, Suns Geek, tell everyone where they can follow you as per usual. Yeah, well, as always, man, it's great to do these live shows together simultaneously. What's that word? Simultane? I can't talk. Simultaneously. Yeah, exactly. It's great to be live on both channels at the exact same time. And you guys, seriously, thank you so much for all of your support. You know, I've been pumping out a lot of content myself on the channel. And again, doing a lot of live shows with you, and I appreciate it. And if you are checking out the Sun's Jam session for the very first time, Hit that subscribe button. Follow on a Apple Podcasts. Check out Bright Side of the Sun. You guys do amazing work over Thank there. You. Follow me on Tic Tac and Threads and MySpace and all these social media pages. Thanks for watching, guys. <laughs> Go home and love your Tamani Kamara. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.